Guideline Implementation, Design and Maintenance of the Surgical Suite by Terry Link. Abstract. The primary considerations for any healthcare facility construction or renovation project are the design and function of the new areas, assessment of environmental risks for airborne contamination, and the containment of dust and moisture created during construction activities. Disruptions created by construction inside or outside a healthcare facility can increase airborne organisms, such as Aspergillus, that can lead to infections. Thus, infection prevention and control are integral parts of construction planning. The AORN, Guideline for Design and Maintenance of the Surgical Suite, provides guidance to perioperative team members for developing a functional program to guide the construction renovation project, use of evidence-based design principles, measures to contain construction-related dust and debris, and maintenance of utilities after planned or emergent utility failures. Perioperative nurses should review the complete guideline for additional information and for guidance when writing and updating policies and procedures. Renovation and construction projects occur frequently in OR suites. These include expansion projects when ORs have reached their capacity, new procedures requiring larger ORs and more equipment, or required updates to existing OR spaces. What was thought to be ample space 10 years ago may no longer be adequate today. With the addition of ORs and support areas comes the need for other resources, extra storage, additional preoperative and postoperative care bays, and often an expansion of the sterile processing department, SPD, to accommodate additional instrumentation needs. Construction rarely occurs after work hours or on weekends, and many ORs are now open around the clock, making it necessary to plan for expected interruptions in services and develop contingency plans for unanticipated interruptions that may affect workflow. Some projects take months or even years to complete. Dust and debris that are generated during new construction or renovation can enter the air and can then be inhaled or settled on surfaces. Aspergillus SPP are fungi that are found frequently and in many locations, including soil, water, and decaying vegetation, and can be found in contaminated dust dislodged during hospital renovation and construction. Aspergillus can cause serious illnesses or death in immunocompromised patients, including patients undergoing chemotherapy, patients with advanced HIV infection, patients undergoing burn treatment, patients taking steroid medications, and critically ill patients in intensive care units. Healthcare-associated aspergillus can be acquired from airborne spores, which are inhaled, or in post-operative incision site infections thought to be from spores introduced into surgical incisions. Thus, infection prevention measures are an important facet of construction planning. These topics and others are addressed in the new AORN, Guideline for Design and Maintenance of the Surgical Suite, published in August of 2018. Some content from this guideline was previously found in the Guideline for a Safe Environment of Care, Part 2. AORN guideline documents provide guidance based on an evaluation of the strength and quality of the available evidence for a specific subject. The guidelines apply to inpatient and ambulatory settings and are adaptable to all areas where operative and other invasive procedures may be performed. Topics addressed in the Design and Maintenance Guideline 
include development of a functional program to guide the construction or renovation project, use of evidence-based design principles, measures to contain construction-related dust and debris, and maintenance of utilities. This article elaborates on key takeaways from the guideline document. However, it does not cover all aspects of construction and renovation of the surgical suite. Perioperative RN should review the complete guideline for additional information and for guidance when writing and updating policies and procedures. Key takeaways from AORN's Guideline for Design and Maintenance of the Surgical Suite include the following. 1. An interdisciplinary team should use evidence-based design concepts in the planning and design of the perioperative areas and in the development of a functional program. 2. The interdisciplinary team should establish, maintain, and monitor measures for preventing environmental contamination during renovation or construction. 3. The healthcare organization should have a systematic process for monitoring and maintaining heating, ventilation, and air conditioning HVAC, system performance. And 4. The healthcare organization should have a plan for managing and restoring the utilities and repairing damage to the surgical suite after failure of an internal or external utility. See Figure 1. The following scenario discusses some of the events that occurred during a hospital renovation project. Each key takeaway is discussed in detail after the scenario. Scenario A major expansion project is underway at City Hospital that will add four ORs, including a magnetic resonance imaging MRI suite, to the 22-room perioperative department. There is a tight deadline to complete this project because the ORs are at capacity. An interdisciplinary team worked for more than a year to plan the expansion. The team comprises internal representatives, including perioperative RNs, surgeons, anesthesia professionals, preoperative and postoperative nursing personnel, SPD personnel, surgical technologists, infection preventionists, quality and safety personnel, in-house project managers, facility management personnel, environmental services personnel, and personnel from departments adjacent to the planned construction areas. External members of the team include representatives of the construction company, architects, interior designers, engineers, and representatives of equipment manufacturers whose equipment requires provisions for structural support, space, and utilities. The interdisciplinary team members participated in determining the scope of the project, budgeting, and design, and created a functional program document as a foundation for communicating the design expectations to additional stakeholders. While developing the functional program, the team members used a simulated room setup to determine equipment needs and the room size needed to accommodate the equipment, traffic flow, and clinical staff members. The interdisciplinary team members collaborated with architects and construction project managers in developing the layout of the new ORs. The OR personnel participated in simulation activities to provide input to the members of the design team about user-friendly workstations, lighting, and storage. A subspecialty team was created to help design the new MRI suite, including space requirements, built-in safety structures, and specialized equipment and lighting. After multiple simulated walkthroughs, the subspecialty team members established a semi-restricted and a restricted zone for this space. 
They included traffic patterns as a part of the simulation and addressed how patients will enter the MRI suite. Team members helped determine the final layout of the planned area based on the procedures that will be performed and how this space will be shared by surgical and diagnostic services. The interdisciplinary team members also performed a safety assessment and an infection control risk assessment, ICRA, to identify the type of construction activity and to specify containment measures and commissioning of the space at the end of construction. The ICRA includes a provision for additional environmental services personnel to perform terminal cleaning and additional cleaning in the event of a utility failure. The Infection Prevention Department contracted an industrial hygienist to monitor the pressure differentials between the construction and non-construction areas and to check for breaches in containment. The industrial hygienist has been present during all hours of demolition and construction and supervises the placement and removal of containment barriers. Many phases of this project have now been completed, including the renovation of the SPD, which is located directly beneath the OR suites, and construction of a new high-level disinfection processing room, construction of new anesthesia offices and a workroom, and relocation of the blood bank, which was in the space designated for the new OR construction. Construction of the new ORs is now beginning in the former blood bank space. At their weekly meeting, the interdisciplinary team members and the hospital construction manager discuss concerns brought up by the infection preventionists. One of the discussion items is a concern that the new entrance to the OR will communicate directly with the hallway connected to the employee parking garage. The team members revise the functional plan based on this information, and the entrance door is relocated in the plan. In preparation for construction of the new ORs, construction team members place barriers between the functioning ORs and the space where demolition will occur. They use hard-sided washable barriers that extend to the ceiling and use plastic above deck, that is, the ceiling. A construction team member seals the exhaust ducts and sets up a negative pressure high-efficiency particulate air, HEPA filter, on the construction side of the barrier. The filters will clean and scrub the air in the construction space and alter the pressure differentials so the pressure in the renovation space is negative to the functioning ORs and public hallways surrounding the OR suite. The construction team members place differential pressure monitors on the outside of each containment barrier, and these monitors are connected to an alarm system that will sound in the facility management department and send an alert to the construction manager's cell phone if pressures are out of range. The construction manager has requested that perioperative personnel alert any member of the construction team or interdisciplinary team if they discover a breach in containment. The construction team members build an anteroom through which they will exit the construction area. They also set up a HEPA filter to scrub the air in this area. They place a HEPA vacuum in the anteroom so construction personnel can clean dust and debris from their clothes before exiting. The construction team members bring material from the demolition area through the anteroom. They cover the carts before transport and wipe the carts down with a disinfectant before exiting. And then they transport the carts to the dock and place the demolition debris in dumpsters. Construction personnel also clean the carts before transporting them back through the hallways to the construction space. The Infection Prevention Department designates an elevator for construction use only, and alternate routes are planned so patients are not transported in the same elevator bank as construction debris. 
One construction team member cleans the floors outside the anteroom and the walls and floors in the anteroom. He also replaces tacky mats at all exits from the construction space when they are soiled. The construction workers wear shoe covers in the construction spaces, remove the shoe covers in the anteroom before exiting, and replace their shoe covers when re-entering the construction space. A public hall is adjacent to the OR suites on all four sides and is shared with a surgical intensive care unit. Environmental services personnel mop the hallway used by the construction workers multiple times a day. The interdisciplinary team members reroute traffic to accommodate the construction barriers and provide communication concerning rerouted traffic ways in daily OR staff huddles and to members of adjacent involved departments. A security guard monitors traffic through restricted hallways and stairwell entrances. While making environmental rounds, a perioperative RN, who is a member of the interdisciplinary team, notices a pressure monitor outside a containment barrier is indicating the public hallway air pressure is negative to the adjacent space being renovated, allowing construction dust to move from the construction space to the adjacent hallway. The RN reports the variance to the Infection Prevention Department, and construction is halted. The industrial hygienist asks members of the construction team to bring a HEPA filter into the space. The industrial hygienist and members of the construction team investigate the air ducts and find an air inflow duct that had been sealed off is now open. The construction personnel correct the situation and the differential pressure returns to negative in the construction space. Because of several additions to the OR suites in the past, there are two distinct spaces with their own HVAC system, which makes it possible for half of the ORs to remain open while the adjacent half is shut down for renovation. The OR personnel, an infection preventionist, and the manager of environmental services coordinate the environmental cleaning after HVAC interruptions during the renovation of the new OR spaces. In two ORs, they find particle counts are higher than they were at pre-construction levels, and these ORs are closed until the cause can be determined. Members of the construction team find an open damper in the ceiling space and close it. After the damper is closed, the environmental services personnel clean the ORs and the industrial hygienist rechecks the particle counts. After the particle counts have returned to the baseline level, the industrial hygienist allows the two rooms to be reopened for procedures. The infection preventionists conduct laboratory surveillance on a continuous basis for surgical site or respiratory infections caused by construction-related organisms in surgical patients and patients in adjacent spaces. One night, while personnel in the SPD are reprocessing a large number of instruments from a busy day in the OR, a ceiling tile above the instrument assembly on the clean side of the department breaks apart and the pieces fall to the floor. The SPD lead technician for the shift notifies facility management personnel and they respond to the scene. On investigation, the facility management personnel find a construction-related waterline break has occurred that caused a leak in the ceiling space above the SPD, saturating the ceiling tile. They repair the water leak and make repairs to the ceiling. However, they neglect to use necessary containment when working in the ceiling space and removing the tile remnants. The next morning, the interdisciplinary team conducts a risk assessment, closes the SPD, and directs the OR and SPD personnel to recall all instruments reprocessed the previous night. Environmental services personnel terminally clean the SPD 
and the industrial hygienist measures particle counts in the area. The industrial hygienist and facility management personnel ensure pressure differentials are correct before reopening the SPD. The SPD technicians then reprocess the recalled instruments, which causes delays in the surgery schedule. Despite these setbacks, the final phases of construction are completed on time and as planned, and surveillance for surgical site infections reveals no infections have occurred that can be attributed to construction breaches. Infection control personnel supervise final terminal cleaning by environmental services, and the new ORs are commissioned for use. Key Takeaways Discussion The key takeaways from the AORN, Guideline for Design and Maintenance of the Surgical Suite, do not cover the entire guideline. Rather, they help the reader focus on important or new information that should be implemented into perioperative practice. Oversight of the Interdisciplinary Team The physical design of the surgical suite should support safe patient care, efficient movement of patients and supplies, and workplace safety and security. An interdisciplinary team with authority and responsibility to provide oversight of surgical suite construction or renovation projects provides expertise on functional design, the functional needs of the user, infection prevention, sustainability, and regulatory requirements from many different perspectives. The interdisciplinary team may consist of internal representatives from the perioperative areas, representatives from other affected disciplines or departments, for example, pharmacy, radiology, and laboratory, depending on the scope of the project and external representatives, for example, architects, interior designers, engineers, and equipment manufacturers, who are brought in at a point when their input is needed. The interdisciplinary team members develop a functional program as part of the project planning phase and update the program as needed during the design and construction phases. All facility construction or renovation projects, no matter the size, require a functional program to guide the design of the surgical suite. A small construction project may only require a simple plan or description, whereas a larger project may have a much more complex description that includes multiple diagrams and tables. Planning and development of the functional program may occur months or years before the start of a project. After its approval, the program is the basis for the project design and construction documents. Components of the functional program include the 1. Scope and type of surgical services to be provided. 2. Scope and type of anesthesia services to be provided. 3. Specialties to be served. 4. Procedures to be performed. 5. Type of patient care areas required, for example, preoperative and postoperative phases 1 and 2. 6. Patient population, for example, patients of size, age, and acuity levels. 7. Type of patient care stations. 8. Projected volume of procedures. 9. Utility requirements. 10. Environmental, for example, HVAC, requirements. 11. Security requirements. 12. Communication requirements. 13. Storage requirements. 14. Technological requirements. 15. Sterile processing and supply movement requirements. 16. Location of support areas. And 17. Traffic patterns.
While developing the functional program, the interdisciplinary team members should perform a review of current design literature, including federal, state, and local regulatory requirements, and applicable construction guidelines. For example, Occupational Safety and Health Administration Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services, National Fire Protection Association, Facility Guidelines Institute, and American Society for Healthcare Engineering. Some common decisions that an interdisciplinary team makes are how containment barriers will be placed, removed, and maintained, who will monitor the construction sites for breaches, and what additional surveillance should be conducted by infection preventionists. The interdisciplinary team members also were involved in selection of flooring and surfaces for the renovated spaces, traffic patterns, determining restricted and semi-restricted areas, and security. Many construction activities can be disruptive to the surgical schedule and may produce noise and vibration. The interdisciplinary team may work with the construction team to determine the least disruptive processes. It is important for OR personnel to be involved in these decisions to provide information about the time and method for construction activities to occur. The interdisciplinary team should use evidence-based design concepts in the planning and design of perioperative areas, including the surgical suite, the post-anesthesia care unit, the SPD, hybrid ORs, procedure rooms, and support areas. Simulation activities in a mocked-up OR allow the team members to test the functionality of an OR, including room size and configuration, space requirements, placement of equipment and supplies, access to the OR, visibility of the patient, equipment and monitors, workflow and processes, and user experience. Use of a mock-up of the OR with simulation activities allows team members to identify possible issues and concerns and resolve them before construction begins. Preventing Environmental Contamination the interdisciplinary team members should establish, maintain, and monitor measures for preventing environmental contamination when renovation or new construction occurs near an occupied healthcare facility. The team members should plan for mitigation of dust and moisture produced during construction in the OR suite and communicating areas before the projects begin. Containment measures for dust or moisture are dependent on the location of the construction. Construction personnel are required to seal windows and vents and keep doors closed and sealed during outside demolition and construction to keep dust and moisture out of the facility. Indoor construction requires barriers and engineering controls to clean the air in and around the construction site, including air exchanges and maintenance of negative pressure in the construction space. During the design phase, the interdisciplinary team should complete an ICRA to develop a plan to minimize the effects on areas adjacent to the ORs. The ICRA is a documented process to identify risks and make plans to mitigate these risks. Steps of an ICRA include 1. Identifying and planning for safe design elements, which also includes long-range infection prevention, for example, durable flooring in an OR that is resistant to punctures, cracks, fluids, and the weight of heavy equipment, and is easy to clean and disinfect. Two. Identifying a plan for internal and external building areas and sites that will be affected during construction. For example, traffic patterns to keep outside dust from entering the building and assessment of adjacent areas affected by construction, that is, above, below, and lateral. 3. 
identifying the risk for airborne and waterborne biological contaminants. For example, transport of construction dust, barriers to contain dust, maintenance of clean air exchanges and differential pressures to keep dust out. And four, developing infection prevention risk mitigation recommendations to consider in the event of planned or unplanned utility shutdowns. For example, environmental cleaning after a shutdown and assessment of particle counts after bringing utilities back up. The plan should contain interventions to control or mitigate dust generation, generation of aerosols from contaminated water sources, debris buildup, alterations in ambient interior temperature and humidity levels, and mold and bacteria growth. The ICRA specifies where and how containment will be placed and who will be responsible for its supervision. Establishing construction traffic routes assists with minimizing disruptions in care, maximizing safety, and preventing transmission of infectious agents to patients, personnel, and visitors. At different times and locations during construction, breaches in containment may occur. In this scenario, breaches that occurred included an open damper that allowed contaminated air to move into two of the ORs and another construction space converting from a negative to a positive pressure gradient to an OR hallway because of a containment failure, that is, the unsealing of an airflow induct. In both situations, particle counts and negative pressure differentials were restored after correction of the breaches. HVAC Maintenance The healthcare organization should create and implement a systematic process for monitoring and maintaining HVAC system performance during construction. The construction personnel should place pressure monitors where they can be observed outside the containment barrier so perioperative personnel, infection preventionists, and members of the environmental rounds team can report and correct variances. The HVAC system controls air quality, temperature, humidity, and air pressure of the affected room in comparison with the surrounding areas. The HVAC system reduces the amount of environmental contamination, such as microbial-laden skin squames, dust and lint, in the surgical suite by carrying airborne contaminants away from the sterile field and removing them through the return air duct vents located at the periphery of the room. The restricted areas in the surgical suite should be the cleanest, so the HVAC requirements for these areas also are the most stringent. Planning for HVAC shutdowns, bringing the HVAC system back up in a systematic way with planned environmental cleaning, and monitoring the OR air quality helps prevent contamination of the OR. This type of systematic protocol provides a clear plan in the event of an HVAC utility failure. The interdisciplinary team members should collaborate with facility management personnel and HVAC specialists who are familiar with an individual facility's HVAC systems when planning and implementing construction or renovation activities. In the OR, air exchanges clean the air in the space by using a combination of outside and recirculated air that passes through filters. In this scenario, HEPA filters, which are 99.9% efficient in removing particles greater than or equal to 0.3 micrometers, were used. Aspergillus spores, which are commonly found at construction sites, are 2.5 to 3 micrometers in diameter. The minimum number of air exchanges for an OR is 15 to 20 in one hour, which provides for a complete air exchange in 28 minutes. After the HVAC system is returned to pre-existing settings, 
particle count should return to the pre-shutdown levels before an OR is set up for surgical procedures. This may require terminal cleaning of the OR several times, limiting traffic, and performing subsequent particle counts until pre-shutdown levels are obtained. In this scenario, two of the ORs did not return to pre-shutdown particle count levels after a planned HVAC outage and environmental cleaning. The interdisciplinary team members decided to close these rooms until pre-shutdown levels could be restored. This required rescheduling procedures and adding resources for repeated cleaning until the cause of the higher particle counts could be determined. Utility failures. Utility disruptions can occur because of natural or man-made disasters or structural failures. For example, breaking of a water line in the building or HVAC system failure. The utility system includes internal components, for example, medical air compressors, medical vacuum pump, emergency generator, chiller, and boiler, and external components, for example, electricity, internet, water, and sewer. The interdisciplinary team members should perform a damage assessment of the surgical suite after any utility failure to determine the potential effects on both patients and caregivers. The assessment should include determining the 1. Level of contamination in the contaminating agent. For example, clear water, gray water, black water, no water, or presence of mold, if applicable. 2. Environmental cleanliness. For example, presence of dirt, debris, condensation on surfaces, including walls and floors. 3. Integrity of clean and sterile supplies. For example, presence of condensation on packaged surfaces and signs of water damage. 4. Functionality of the power supply. For example, fully restored or emergency generator in use. 5. Availability of water. For example, water pressure, water quality, and steam supply, and other utilities. 6. Functionality of the HVAC system, and 7. Functionality of all fixed and mobile equipment. Based on the assessment, measures to be taken immediately may include 1. Rescheduling or redirecting procedures to areas of the surgical suite where the utilities are functioning within accepted parameters. 2. Delaying elective procedures. 3. Limiting surgical procedures to emergency procedures only. 4. Closing the affected OR. Or 5. Taking no action, if the environment is determined to be safe. When a disruption occurs in an SPD, it may become necessary, after a damage assessment, to recall instruments and delay surgical procedures. When an SPD provides services for other procedural areas, mitigation of the disruption becomes more complex and infection preventionists should be involved in the investigation and subsequent decisions about reprocessing and environmental cleaning after utility disruptions. Other disruptions include steam failure and pressure differentials becoming positive in the decontamination area or negative in the sterile processing areas. Sterile supplies in the SPD or adjacent areas also may be involved. It will be necessary for infection preventionists to conduct additional surveillance for surgical site infections and other healthcare-associated infections. In some cases, patients may have been exposed to contaminated instruments and supplies 
and the assistance of risk management personnel will be necessary for patient notification and for implementation and documentation of interventions. Conclusion Construction projects are rarely simple, and even when well-planned, can result in utility disruptions and breaches in containment. Having a plan, conducting risk assessments, and using best practices for design and infection prevention are important components of every construction project to keep patients and personnel safe. It takes the contributions of experts in many areas to ensure a functional plan is established, workable, and flexible. Clinical and construction personnel should receive extensive education on the importance of proper containment and how to accomplish this. Monitoring and keeping construction spaces clean inside and out are important components in prevention of surgical site and respiratory-related infections caused by organisms attributed to construction dust and debris.